<laughs> there was a good chunk of that when we were in school. We we're, yeah, we're yeah. tired. This episode. Let's all right. So after, let's just give the disclaimer now. So yeah, both Chris and I are very tired. Uh, this is not plugged. <laughs> How's this recording? <laughs> How's this recording on the laptop? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Sick Days. I'm Chris. I'm John. <laughs> and I don't know my name. Apparently not, yeah. We are two self-employed friends who have been having the same conversation about games for the past 29 years, and so we decided to start a podcast about it. That is this podcast. Here we are, a little sleepy. Yeah, I feel like if we should start this episode with a disclaimer, although you're never supposed to like start any sort of performance or podcast with an apology like i'm sorry everybody this is probably gonna suck because like you're never supposed to do this so first sure. of all this is gonna be fucking great it is <laughs> but so we we are tired but we're very tired so here's the th- benefit though of being tired is you get closer to delirium the more tired you are <laughs> and so we may have moments of clarity that we wouldn't have had otherwise that are like wrapped in insanity yeah let's so see that how. might be exciting to listen to let's see how it goes yeah so i think you're sort of just going to Vegas with us today. It might be the most amazing episode ever or absolute crap. Uh, this is not off to a good start. I think it's off to a this great feels, start. This is like off to the Anthem stream start. Oh, no. You like my segue? Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about um, why Chris is tired and why I'm tired because that's important to you as a listener. But mm-hmm. we're also going to be talking about uh, the continuation of the Anthem saga. I got some updates there. Uh, they tried to stream. Oof. Uh, Mortal Kombat <laughs> 11 is out. Uh, I picked up a, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and apparently you did too a few months ago, which ties into bigger conversation about uh, streaming games. Uh, yeah, yeah. Played Assassin's Creed Odyssey on Google's Project Stream, and I also tried out PlayStation Now, which is PlayStation streaming service that works on PC. And so I've got some comments on that. Cool. And then uh, still playing mobile games, still doing that. Got some more comments as always. As always, because you need those in your life. All right, addiction. Well, uh. Let me. The mine's non-video game related as to why I'm tired, but I should talk about this. Is this business related? Go for it. Yeah. So Fourth Hat Brewing, uh, the brewery that I I am one of the owners of. Uh, every year we participate, and this is a, this will be a plug for the charity. So if, if you're in the Austin area, um, there is a charity called Divine Canines, and every year during the month of May they host a uh, what's called a Barks for Beers, and for thirty dollars this year you get a uh, excuse me pause port. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and on that, there's about 28, 30 breweries. Uh, so for $30, you get one free beer at each of these breweries on the list. Mm, They're kind of color, okay. color coded by region of the city. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And it sounds fun. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, over two years ago, it was like $20 for 30 breweries. They've since changed the price for a good reason. Um, but every year they get better at putting it together. It raises a lot of money. Divine Canines is a charity that uses therapy dogs for hospitals. So if you're terminally ill or very sick and you're in a hospital, um, studies have shown that you know a dog coming in will boost your spirits. So it's very simple. Yeah. Dogs are great, especially if you don't have to take care of them. That, that, was, that was the one problem I have with them. But they're, I super love hanging out with them and playing with them at parks and stuff, but they're a lot of work. Uh, they are. Um, or if you just love them, it's not work at all, and it's great. Yeah. 
I guess I'm just at the light tier and not the love tier. There That's the go. problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we, we partner with them every year. And uh, yesterday was the kickoff party. And the reason my voice sounds extra smoky today is because <laughs> we were we had we did about four times our normal business. Uh, we had a line out the door for like hours. Uh, our our swing shift guys. There's normally two people who close out the night. Uh, we have a third person who kind of covers the busy hours. Our swing shift stayed for an extra four hours because literally could not walk away. Um, every seat was filled in the brewery, in the brew house, outside in our parking lot. And I was spending the entire night at the cash register just shouting beer orders at one of our bartenders, just like, I need a vitality. I need a kung fu. I didn't, you know, and so my voice got raw. And uh, we spent like an hour and a half cleaning afterwards because the place got wrecked. There were like 40 people still in the brewery at after midnight. And we're like, some lady broke a glass. And I was like, hey, I'm going to have to kick you out. And they're like, what? And I was like, well, we are also closed. So More importantly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to leave anyway. <laughs> It got, got sloppy, um, but it was a lot of good business. However, that means I didn't even get into bed until after 3 a.m. this morning. I went to bed at 3. Oh, you did? And why did you go to bed at 3? So I have this condition where when you I start playing a single-player video game, mm-hmm. I have to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called uh, lack of self-control-itis, something like that. <laughs> You like video games? Yeah, I like video games. I feel like it's something we can all relate to. Yeah. Uh, so I started out the PlayStation Now uh, trial. So there's like a seven-day trial you can do. And what's cool about it is you can stream 700-plus PlayStation games to your PC, also to PlayStation. And oh, wow. We're going to talk about that later. It's just like cloud gaming in general is our big topic today. Uh, but I started playing this game called <laughs> Atelier... Aisha. It, it is a JRPG with a heavy dose of cuteness, which is not necessarily my forte. However, it's got a pretty cool alchemy system where like the bulk of the gameplay is like creating your, your equipment, creating your items that you're going to use and gathering resources. And then there's like this uh, slice of life elements to the game that you also kind of engage with and so you get like little vignettes with all these different characters in the world what do you mean slice of life so it's sort of like if anyone's familiar with like persona games you kind of have very mundane elements of the game world that come through these characters in the game it's like one of the characters is a merchant just traveling around and selling his wares and so part of his story is just like I want to be a business person and do stuff and I engage in these little business encounters all over the world and uh, oh this deal went south or this deal went well or whatever and so you're learning about his personality through no like real meaningful story elements Mm -hmm. but through just his little part of the world that he lives in. It's just flavor. So it's just yeah it's sort of flavor. So the slice of life is like elements of the game that aren't necessarily or story that aren't related to the broader bigger story mm-hmm. but give you insight into the characters or into like a little part of the world like world building for characters and right yeah. so like persona is the, the biggest most well-known i think of those and it's like just high school students living their lives basically like that is a big part of it and that's like the slice of life element <laughs> uh, so that and that's kind of refreshing in some sense it also meant that there was a lot less exposition which is usually one of my problems with jrpgs Mm -hmm. is that they just won't stop talking and it gets maddening to the point where like i do not need to know that frank has a bar downtown for you to tell the story that's how somehow actually relevant to the bigger plot line 
So there's like an element of slice of life that's interesting and fine, mm-hmm. but there's an element where they're trying to tell a story and they include too many mundane details that's not fine. And I guess it's I might be like not delineating the two yeah, effectively. I'm, I'm a little confused. Right. Um, but the problem is that when you're expecting slice of life, it's fine. Okay. When you are getting it as part of a greater exposition of the story, it's annoying. Oh, I see. So if it's just like... And slice it, of life isn't the correct term for the latter in the exposition, but it's close enough. Yeah, it's it's you want to be... Slice of life works when it's not mixed in with exposition of the greater story. Right. You're already having to sit through... Because I don't, I don't like exposition. It's like um, exposition in general. Um, it's, it's just like... Like take a movie, for instance. As soon as almost any, any movie that starts with a voiceover explaining, the, like, it's already fucked up. Right. Like, I'm already going to assume that your movie's bad. If it's, it's like, welcome to, in the year 2067, uh, so-and-so did X, Y, Z. Oh, man, I'm tired. I can't even think of fake things to say. But that's my point. So that so that puts me off already. So Right. You want to show, not tell. I mean, that's sort of the common device storytellers use to spouse yeah. what good storytelling is. But if you're just in the game and you're just having to experience a slice of life pieces, that's different because it's not exposition for the greater story. It's just like fleshing out characters. Exactly. It's character development. Right. So it's a much so this game, the slice of life was pretty well separated from the greater story. And so I enjoyed playing it. Anyway, so it's a pretty short game and I finished it last night because I couldn't stop playing it. Arden threw up on me. Oh, nice. Sorry, I was like wiping my shirt off and I was like, what is What's that? What's that? Oh, that's my baby's throw up. <laughs> this is dad life. There's always puke on me. <laughs> Hashtag dad life. <laughs> All right, sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject there uh, to baby puke, but please continue. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to relate baby puke somehow to the game, but there's nothing in there, so unfortunately that doesn't work. That's, yeah. not, that's not the kind of slice of life you want. Yeah, no, not game. really. There probably was some element of it. I just put it out of my head. So what I thought was cool about the game and what really made it enjoyable is that the game is more about preparing for battles as opposed to fighting the battles. And there were, you do fight battles and there's too many mm-hmm. battles and they're very mundane and easy and trite. But it was cool to like play around with different numbers and graphs and charts, which is basically the fun of the game. And it's like a fun version of Excel, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Nothing you said so far makes this game sound appealing. So far, here's what I've heard. I've heard... <laughs> Um, that there's a there's no real exposition. It's just slice of life stuff, like a business dude doing deals. But it's also JRPG. But the combat's not important, and you spend more time playing with a fancy version of Excel. And then, yeah, there's a game in there. Yeah, you also like loot stuff so that you can play Excel. Oh, there's an alchemy system. You said yeah. So that it okay. So you got to build your own gear and then not use it. Well, you do use it. It's just that you kill everything immediately with it because there's no actual challenge to the game whatsoever. Oh, so this is... Are you recommending this game? Wait, this game kept you up late. Yeah. It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... Like, JRPGs, I haven't finished one in a long time. That's right. And so I actually finished this one, partially because it's like a 20-hour game and not a 100-hour game. And so it was just a lot easier to get through everything. And there is a story, and it's good. I mean, it's not like amazing but it's different and unique and what was the name of this game again sorry it's called atelier uh aisha and you finished this all yesterday yeah i mean i finished the game yesterday i played it over several days okay 
it's part of a series of games. Atelier has like 20 different games. Uh, I think the other part that was cool that I forgot to mention is that there's a time limit on the game. So you have only a certain amount of time to finish the game. And it's very, very lenient. But everything you do in the game from fighting monsters to walking around the world to gathering resources all costs time. And so it was cool that you have some sort of resource management, which is typically absent from a lot of games of the genre. So that's uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before. That is a, a favorite game mechanic of mine. I've, I have a dream game that I wish existed, and one of the components of that game is a time mechanic where you uh, can you kind of almost force replayability in the game because you cannot experience everything the game has to offer because there isn't time. And I completely yeah. agree with you, and we should probably talk about time limits in games as a separate uh podcast i thought we did last year i thought we did too but yeah. maybe i think we maybe just touched on it but anyway most people hate time limits from what i read which sucks like people and so these atelier games so the time limits have been a mainstay of the series and they're going away from them more and more because people hate them so much which means i want to play them even less well that's lame because if they built their name on games with this as a core mechanic how can they like go walking away from that's kind of just going they're just going to become more like everybody else. So be- I agree. But maybe they are hoping for a big hit because they got rid of the thing that made them a, a high-quality niche. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, so uh, that was the game I played. Uh, it was good-ish. I enjoyed it-ish. I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. I'm done with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it was it, the bigger part of it was experiencing PlayStation Now and its cloud gaming service. So. Okay. To talk which about we'll that. talk about a bit yeah so i need to talk about i can't believe i'm still talking about anthem i can't we, either we got to talk about it because it's this is like this is developing into one of the worst game launches in history <laughs> i mean this is this so is, it just keeps getting worse it just keeps getting worse this is like the gift that keeps well, it's like the shit that keeps on shitting <laughs> it's like the i mean uh Again, too tired for more metaphors. I got one. There you go. And it was not a good one, but I got one. one good metaphor. job. Yeah. So, Anthem. Uh, two things have happened. Well, one... Uh, let me just... I'll just say I'm sorry. Anthem's uh, stream finally happened. So, they were supposed to do... The developers were supposed to do a dev stream with like two developers and a community manager, I believe. They are supposed to do it a week ago, uh, and or as of recording this, um, and they had to cancel it last minute. And they were like, oh, because the internet went out. And now everybody obviously is like, that's total bullshit. But it was true. The internet did go out. So they were not able to do the stream. The internet went out. Yeah. Something happened with the uh, with their service provider in that part of Austin. Uh, lost connection. Or was, I guess it was Austin. Or it was Edmonton. I don't know which one they're doing from. Anyways, they literally lost their internet connection. Were not able to do the stream. And that then it, everybody's like calling bullshit. And then they're like, no, no, okay. That actually was the case. How so, crazy. Uh, so they bumped the stream to a week later, in which they held... Um, uh, just a few days ago. Now, as everybody knows, if you've been listening, loot is like the number one problem in Anthem. The loot drop rates are terrible. And aside from the fact that there's little to no extended story, almost no in-game content, and it's pretty buggy, <laughs> um, at least if there was a way to get loot at a reasonable pace. It also would... seems like that's a really easy fix. Yes. There's a number, and you just increment it. Seems like a really easy fix. So... Uh, these guys do a stream because they are launching only one of the many things they listed out for their April timeline. They said in April we're going to release all these new like clans and like skill trees and uh, you know 
well, anyways, a whole a whole playlist or a whole uh, timeline they had posted up on the website. Um, they posted saying, "Hey, we're not able to release any of that, uh, <laughs> but here's a new stronghold, which is essentially a raid, and we're gonna do it on the dev stream." So they go on the dev stream. Now the chat, uh, which they promptly ignore for the first twenty minutes or so, is nothing but people saying loot over and over <laughs> just and over loot, loot, loot. yeah and this is on twitch or something yeah and so there's a a filter where you can only post once every three minutes okay. and it was still being spammed because that's how many people were on there just saying talk about loot talk about loot talk about loot and they'd launch they start the stream with saying we're not going to talk about loot the number one problem they're like well we're just going to play the game for you but we're not going to talk about the number one concern and problem in the game wow. right so they're playing through the stream uh clearly not having a great time and then there's this amazing moment where they kill one of the bosses and they're about to open up one of the chests and uh, they're all standing there. Nobody wants to open it. And then <laughs> one's like, okay, well, let me just jump in real quick and then jump back because it'll auto pick up items. And he's like, okay, so I'll just, I'll just do it real quick. So he jumps in, uh, pops the chest, jumps back. Now it pops all garbage, <laughs> all garbage. And here's the best thing. They're not allowed to talk about loot. So for, for a very awkward moment, all three of them just sit there in total silence. <laughs> and so it, you get this beautiful moment where they're all just... Oh, my God. Like, just a minute. All right, we're talking, we're playing, and then... And then they go like, okay, well, um, okay, I guess let's move to the next room. And, and here's the, this is the boss room, right? This is the... who. That is so oh. weird. So what, did the Bioware high-ups say you cannot talk yeah. about loot? They, it has to be, they had to have like a gag order on it. Because like they couldn't even address the fact. And the chat is obviously losing its fucking mind. What the Because fuck? everyone's like, this is, this is so poetic. Like, this is all we want you to talk about. And you're refusing to talk about it. You just experienced what we're all experiencing all the time. Uh, on top of that, like some of them couldn't even somebody who asked like hey what's your favorite weapon the lady couldn't even describe it although to be perfectly fair like i don't know the names of all the weapons either and i've been playing a lot mm -hmm. um it just was uh, but that's pathetic this, it was embarrassing uh in the extreme it was not it so was, are you still playing it weekly uh so they did release a new patch with a whole bunch of fixes uh i did jump in and play briefly um i, well, I tried to play it once uh, it crashed and then I tried to play again. I actually got halfway through a battle or a, a through raid. A battle. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I do like. I usually just do like you random. To kill an enemy it was pretty nice. I do random strongholds so it like throws you into the middle of a match. Okay. Because like somebody drops, and so you just it just replaces them with you. And I, I just like to do that. It's easier. Uh, so yeah, uh, but no, not really. I actually have a good game that I'm playing. I'll tell you about. Oh, that in a second. yeah. What's that? Uh, well, the one last thing about Anthem, I do want to address. There's a rumor going around. Mortal Kombat 11 has come out. Um, and from what I'm hearing so far, it's really good. People seem to like it. Other than the microtransaction element. There's yeah. Well, the funny thing I keep hearing is the story is really good. Mortal Kombat is, has actually had a pretty good story for the past three games. I, kind of for a while, but especially the past three games since Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of good relative to fighting games, which are generally awful. Yeah. But, like, it's interesting enough. I finished Mortal Kombat 9. It was cool. Yeah, they, they assume it's odd that they... You know, for a fighting game, they keep putting emphasis on building. So for, they've been doing, they've been right. building the story for years. Right. I would say so. the best thing I see about it, the storyline is compelling enough to experience. Okay, right. Which is a, like yeah, it's so. not going to blow you away, but you're like, I want to do this. Yeah. But now speaking to the microtransactions, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but somebody was there's rumor going around that hey, Mortal Kombat 11 launches and has more loot than Anthem, and <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a false equivalency. 
because the loot in Mortal Kombat's all um, cosmetic. Right. Whereas in Anthem, it's actually affects gameplay. And sure. so a lot of people have come out and said, hey, this is like clickbaity. This isn't, this is unfair to say. So I've got to defend Anthem slightly in this. So if you've seen that rumor, that's not actually true. It's, we're dealing with the fact that you've got cosmetic loot on one side and actual gameplay affecting loot on the other. So it's not really not fair to say Mortal Kombat 11 has more loot than Anthem, even but, though Anthem's loot sucks. But it is funny. It It is funny. Uh, there's also some element of which loot is which game system has more compelling loot drops, right? <laughs> like if nothing you find in Anthem is fun, then it doesn't really matter if they're technically useful. Whereas you're getting, even if they're all cosmetic in Mortal Kombat, at least it's fun to get a fatality or I, a brutality or whatever. I think that's more plays to the fact that the core that the game is finished and fun to play. Oh yeah, that would help the game not being finished. Mm, oh right, like a finished game versus a game in alpha. Yeah, mm, right. exactly. Cool. All right, um, I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm hoping this is the last time I talk about. It. Actually, no. I hope it isn't. I hope we see a No Man's Sky recovery here. That would be fantastic. Um, I hope so too. But the community now is pretty much calling for the game to be abandoned, which is uh, everybody's like, you know what? EA should just drop it, just abandon it, walk away. They've done such a bad job. I can't believe they finally have a stream with it and completely ignore <laughs> the most pressing issue in the game. It makes no sense. Not just ignore it, but experience it directly <laughs> and then just have to sit there in, in awkward, wonderful silence. What would compel you? It's like, I don't know, the Street Fighter developers are like, all right, so we know y'all want to have a fighting game and have people fight and whatnot. Um, you actually just click a button to see who wins the match every time. Can we Can we just add that to the game? <laughs> Like, you're so far away from what the gamers want to experience at that point. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. it's a, Well, anyways. So, I, I personally, I hope they don't abandon the game uh, because I'd like to see it fixed. I think somewhere in there is a game that could be a lot of fun. Uh, the combat is super fun. I'll leave it at that. But outside of that, there's no game built around it. So. Oh, well. Yep. Uh, what do you got? I played that game too much. Which one? Oh, the it's what you got. Okay. <laughs> the, the Atelier game. Also, it is spelled A T E L I E R for anyone who wants to Atelier. check out the series of Atelier. Whatever. Alchemy. Uh that's really all I did this week. I don't have anything else to add other than my research that I did for this cloud gaming stuff. Well, I've got one more that I want to talk about. Uh and that is gonna be Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Which, if I remember when we first started the podcast, I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins. And I was having an amazing time playing it. Uh, Follow John's I'm, journey through Assassin's Creed. I'm obviously a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed series. Um, except for the movie, that was stupid. <laughs> right, there was a movie. It was bad. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I, I can I can tolerate video game movies. Like I didn't mind the Doom movie, however not true to the story it was. Uh, Silent Hill... I enjoyed the hell out of Silent Hill. Um, maybe we could do a whole sec- segment on like video game we movies. Could. I did like the first person scene in Doom when that happened. That's, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, but the Assassin's Creed movie was. Phew. Anyways, did, did not see it. Uh, starring Michael Fassbender is that? Uh, Ooh, okay. Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. yeah. So um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I remember when it first was announced and was released. I was kind of like, how does this make sense? Because I just played the origin of the assassins. And this game takes place a couple hundred years before that. So how can it be called Assassin's Creed if there's no assassins? I'm sure. 
Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one, and they're they're not. I'm playing it right now, and there's there's none. But one reason I picked it up is because it was on a crazy deal, a uh, deep discount. So I got the hundred dollar fancy version with you know all the DLC, the season pass, uh, for like thirty bucks. This so, is like the digital version. Yeah, so they did Makes a big there's a big sale last weekend on the PlayStation Store. Popped, I've got like the app on my phone, so it actually popped a notification up, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. So I hit it. And uh, first thing that pops up was Assassin's Creed for thirty bucks. And I was like, "Boom! I will get that." I uh, started playing it, and it's it is super fun. How far are you into the game? I have no idea. It's a how I, many hours are you into the game? I'm probably twenty thirty hours in. Oh, okay. You made it a lot further than I did. Yeah. I mean, you like Assassin's Creed games, so it's surprising. So I played it about eight hours or okay. so, and I was felt like I had seen what the game was, and everything was kind of repetitive at that point. I didn't get to the, uh, I, don't know, I guess it's kind of spoilery, but I knew about it without reading about it too much, the cult member assassinations or whatever. Oh, you didn't but, even get to that part? I didn't get to that part. That's like that's like the crux of the story. Well, see, that's what I was about to say. It's like there's chunks that keep opening up, which sure. is interesting in the game. And it's not just like, an, it's there's... If you're interested in the story at all, those are like that's like the huge part. Like you basically were still in the intro scene of the game. Yeah, I so I had just done the first war battle scene or whatever between uh, Athens, Athens and Sparta. And Sparta. Mm-hmm. So I had finished that island and I was sailing over and I did a, another mission or two and whatever the next area of the world was. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like I was sort of doing this. I don't know. In, MMO, not MMO style questing, but sort of that, like, hey, I'm going to go finish this quest, go here. There's a little bit too much downtime in the game. Like, there was a lot of roaming around areas back and forth that I didn't care about because there weren't, there are not a ton of checkpoints in the game, or, uh, yeah, I guess checkpoints where you can kind of fast travel around to. And so I'd have to go kind of back and forth between these areas that weren't particularly compelling to go through and the combat like it was cool at first and then at some point i was like okay i sort of got it yeah it's uh i have to i'm gonna have to disagree with, i think maybe it's a difference of opinion yeah i think so um yeah because you were definitely still in the what i would consider the intro part of the game sure um because there was they open up the ships they open up cultists the cult groups um i did a couple ship up. battles yeah they, they there's a lot that gets opened up and especially the cult side, because that really ties into the core of the story. So if you're interested in the story at all, which I I'm interested in the story, I'm enjoying the story. Um, I'm enjoying the role playing aspect, and that's and that's kind of the key point I've noticed about this is this game has become a lot more of a role playing like action RPG as opposed to I guess just an action game as they were before. Yeah, uh, I, I will say that probably kept me engaged longer than I would have been otherwise because I, so I was playing as Cassandra. Yep. And she was a cool main character. I mean, I enjoyed her. Yeah. Uh, so I that helped me, yeah, like I say, stick around longer than I would have. But it's just not really the kind of gameplay for me necessarily. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm having an amazing time playing cool. it because it's just like it's it's the the story's unfolding. I'm finding the story to be very compelling and very interesting. Um, choice matters apparently. Uh, there's multiple endings to the game, which has never been true of an Assassin's Creed game. Sure. Um, it's interesting kind of seeing like this, you know, I always enjoy the historical aspect of like discovering these places and like feeling like I'm visiting them. Uh, that's cool. I, I find that to be very interesting. So like the first time you arrive in Athens, it's like, Oh, this is neat. You know, mm-hmm. or, um, I think maybe if the game, it's not really much they can do about it, but most of the battles are like soldiers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, this is the guy with an ax. This is the guy with the shield. This is the guy with the bow. That's, that's, those are your main enemies. I mean, you have some myth- mythological enemies as well, but 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part, that's what you're getting. I think if there's maybe more enemy variety, I would have found it more interesting. Because like Witcher Three doesn't necessarily have amazing combat either, but there's a lot of monsters and stuff, so it keeps it a little more fresh to me. Was well, a hand so there's a handful of uh, of like so I know what you're talking about, but there are there's more than those three. Uh, there's variations on that theme right. for sure, and they all do fight differently. Um, and the combat side too, like as you play the game, and maybe this is something they didn't balance correctly, but more and more combat options open up. And so, especially if you're playing on a harder difficulty, and you have to be very conscious of like where you are and how you're approaching enemies and who's around you and when to run and when to hide and when to come back and fight, and then what skills you're using, what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. Um, but a lot of that you have to unlock. And so as you're playing the game, you start unlocking ability, like additional abilities. Also, the healing ability is the best. What's that? <laughs> the healing ability. Oh, I didn't even get that one. Oh, it's the best. I'm not even messing with that. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm using, the way I'm playing my character is like a pretty like poison heavy character. Okay. So a lot of my fights involve weapons that do like fast attacks as opposed to slow attacks. And it's a lot of like, like assassin, like basically sneaking up, quick attack backing off crowd management and often running away if there's like four or five people coming at me usually if there's three people even i'm just like i'm out no right yeah i'm just like i can't fight this so you it's a lot of but you know i also like stealth games so like having to sneak into places and just waiting for moments and letting patrols walk by and then sneaking out assassinating a guy while he's sleeping and then sneaking up behind another dude and taking him out yeah the way i play it is if i can't assassinate them in five seconds i'm like nope i'm just gonna attack everybody (laughs) Oh. So that might make it a <laughs> different experience. So, <laughs> that, that's I was also spec'd for that in the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the classic uh, mistake and say you're playing it wrong. <laughs> nah, I've I've never played a stealth game with stealth. The best experience I had is <laughs> definitely playing it wrong. <laughs> no, no. So in Hitman, you know, like it's definitely a big stealth game where you got to go around and do yeah, all this stuff. Sure. Uh, I don't think I got through any level without killing at least 200 people. <laughs> well, so, so I, the stealth element is when can I hide in a new area to reset the alert to like a slightly lower tier that I can progress to the next level to kill everybody again. I, uh, so, well, I mean, to be fair, I also, um, don't enjoy playing fighting games because whenever I play them, I'm trying to just talk to the character and like work out our differences. <laughs> uh, but people keep telling me that's not how you play the game, but I don't know. So I don't find it fun for that reason. Oh man, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, anyways, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, cool. I've seen a lot of positive reviews about it. Game's beautiful. Uh, I'm finding the combat to be, so again, we're, we've moved away from this kind of cinematic fighting that i think the the combat's a lot better yeah so assassin's creed origins they're 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 following the same design path for the fighting mechanics as assassin's creed origins so it's it's uh less cinematic and more like action rpg uh what am i trying to say here actually it's more it's closer to witcher than anything it is closer to witcher it's very similar to Witcher combat wise like combat used to be kind of like the god of war style or assassin's creed style right just very cinematic you just need to it's it's about rhythm and timing and that was about it and now it's a lot more like strategy sure and the the assassin's creed origins i thought did a poor job of implementing that um i overlooked it because the rest of the game was super fun um this one they've done a much better job and i've actually found the game challenging which has been fun i've been playing it on hard difficulty you know it's it's yeah, tricky. I was playing it on hard. It was a good difficulty. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I think maybe if it wasn't... I know open world is sort of part of the appeal, but if it wasn't open world, if it was like, here's a mission and we're just going to drop you into the middle of it and figure it out, 
and then you just go through and you pick your missions from whatever options there are. Yeah. I probably would have enjoyed it more than what I experienced. There's just like a lot of dead time and like. Well, it's it's a for a lot of us like the people who enjoyed those kind of open world games. That's part of the appeal. It's sure. like the exploration and the wandering. Sure, just, I understand that. It's like I'm just going to go in that direction and see what I find. Right. You know, that's that's a big. That's actually an appeal for people like, sure, I like understand. me who like that game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like criticizing it as a like this is objectively a bad mechanic just that's why i think i kind of fell off on it yeah yeah um but otherwise it's it's i think they've done of the combat is even though i'm still not super happy with the combat it's still a little clunky but it's definitely an improvement over origins um they've incorporated the sea battles which they had from black flag which they've gotten better at those are fun i still think black flags actually was better um but there's some, you know, you get to like recruit a crew and build your ship up and sail around. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask, since you're further, do any of the lieutenants you recruit for your ship ever play into a greater story or do you ever talk to them again? Because I recruited a couple people and it's like, well, now you're just a random stat. Uh, yes, they're just a random stat, as far as I know. Okay. That might change. Yeah. That could totally change. That would have been cool. Uh, you're right. That would be cool. They had like they had like a little story, and then they're like, "Well, now I'm just a number." Yeah, I think what <laughs> it is converted is like, you, and depending on how long their story is, depend like will determine how like their quality. So if it's like one mission and they rec- you recruit them, they're like sure. like you know blue, right? And then if they're two missions, they're purple, and if they're like five missions, they're like gold. Right, gotcha. That makes sense. And then I don't know if anything happens since, but again, probably there's not. This, but who knows. I've all I've and I've and this could be not true, but I've read a lot that there's uh the choice impacts of the game, the choices you make in the game impact the kinds of endings you get. So I'm I'm very curious to see that. And also apparently the uh season pass like DLC stuff uh, is super fun. So Good. I'm looking forward to that. But that's like stuff I can't do until I've literally beaten the game. Right. So uh well, I, I hope you continue to enjoy it. Yeah. It's a real game. So I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> what I what I like is that if, if it's for me, especially my schedule, if I keep enjoying it, it's the kind of game I could probably be playing for months and just step in, play for a few hours, do some new stuff, then leave it. Well based on my schedule if uh, from how I played this last Atelier game, mm-hmm. if I really loved it and finished it, it would have taken me like you know two weeks, <laughs> and I just would have done nothing with my life and felt miserable. So I'm glad, perhaps in some level, that I didn't love it as much. <laughs> All right, so are we good on this? Yeah, I was, I'm just gonna drop the other topics because they're not as important. I mean, there's some stuff about like PS5 is starting to be rumored, but they said it's not gonna be out for years. Um, then there's some new consoles supposed to be announced at E3 coming up in in June. But, mm, okay. Uh, I also saw a lead designer from um, Bioware who worked on Dragon Age mm-hmm. uh, got picked up by. Oh my God, I can't remember. Uh-oh. All right, I'll tell you after the break. Oh, before we go to the break, there's one last thing I want to complain about. Everybody keeps talking about Bioware in the good old days, and they're like, "I played all of Mass Effect," or occasionally, "I played Dragon's Age and Mass Effect." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "You motherfuckers don't even know, <laughs> you children." Yeah, I'm you're just, all children. I feel so old. I'm like, "How oh. can you leave out like the the greatest games they've made?" Uh, so here it is. So the Kotor and Dragon Age Origins lead designer okay. uh, will lead a new studio for Wizards of the Coast. Who owns Magic D and D and Magic the Gathering, uh, which is pretty compelling. They said that they're actually going to be working on a new IP, but I don't know. It'd be pretty damn cool if you could combine D and D and Magic in some weird way. Like I don't know how you would do it, but that might be really cool. Like a a D and D game 
but you play it in the Magic the Gathering else like a collectible card game? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. You could go with it in a bunch of different directions. Maybe like maybe it's actually D and D more for the rule set, right. but you play like with magic, like you're a wizard of one of the five elements or whatever. So, and your party members are the same sort of thing. So Wizards of the Coast picked up this lead designer from uh Bioware. Yep. And his his job now is going to be to develop a new IP completely at Wizards of the Coast. That's the plan. Weird. So we'll see how that comes out in you know five years or whatever. Yeah, right. But the, I mean, like, a while. they have like, do they need a new IP? I sure, mean, sure. I mean, it can't hurt. <laughs> I mean, it'll right? take, take resources away from uh, Magic the Gathering, which is blows me away. That's it's still like a huge thing. It is a huge thing. I don't. I don't think it takes resources away as long as you have it compartmentalized properly. Yeah. I mean, if it's a well-run organization, which I don't know, Wizard of the Coast seems like they're improving actually. I mean, over yeah. the years, yes, like they've I done mean. a much better job with D and D and Magic. I mean, they finally got on the ball with Magic: The Gathering Arena. Yep. Uh, fifth edition is really good. I think the best edition of D and D. I wouldn't say they finally. Well. I wouldn't say they finally got on the ball. I'd say that was just a smart edition because Magic has never lost steam. Apparently. Like, yeah, keeps... but there's just a group of people that are only going to play the online yeah. CCGs or whatever, right? Yeah. And they did have an old version. I say on the ball because they had an old version of Magic that was just garbage. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and they've got D and D. Like that's a huge. And they've got D and D. It's kind of a huge IP right there. Yep. Okay, so we can uh, talk about streaming. Uh, this ran pretty long, so I think we'll maybe make this. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up being a two parter or something. Yeah, which is fine. We we figured just, it would. We're just gonna roll with it today. Right. But we both kind of came in. We're like, uh, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired. That's but but I'm pretty excited to talk about. It. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, which will make the next part shorter. But yep. just cloud streaming. So we'll be back very soon. Cloud gaming <laughs> or gaming on demand or game streaming or whatever topic you want to call it. This, but yeah, you started off like it was Terry Grossman like on uh, NPR. Like, welcome back to <laughs> talking about video games. You'll love it. Yeah. Welcome back to talking about oh, video games. Oh, shit. Get hyped. <laughs> All right. That, oh, that is it. I don't have any more energy left. That's it. We're done. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to call it just cloud gaming because game streaming... I was talking with this topic with John earlier, and I was like, wait, game streaming is like Twitch now. That's what you think of probably when you think of streaming games, right? Yeah, so when you first proposed this to me, you said, hey, let's do streaming. And I was like, oh, yeah, sounds cool. And I thought you meant Twitch streaming. Right. And I was like starting to think about StarCraft Two and Twitch games and tournaments. So we'll probably do this as a topic later because it is a absolutely worthwhile endeavor oh, yeah, for but an that episode. Is, but that's not what we're talking about. That's so, not what you meant. So we're talking about cloud gaming, which is playing a game that is hosted on another computer elsewhere. So you're not playing locally on your complete computer. You're playing it elsewhere, and you are essentially streaming it like you would Netflix, right? You're downloading the game as you're playing it, sort of. Yeah. Uh, which, so, Which is pretty mind-boggling in my mind. Which That's is pretty crazy because some of these games are extremely intense on CPUs and graphic cards and... Yeah. The ability to actually play a high-quality game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm -hmm. on your computer without actually having to have a computer that has any of the requirements needed to play the game yeah. is pretty impressive. And just for clarity's sake, SimCity, not a streaming game. <laughs> this is a, that is a lot. I just want to be clear on this point. It's all bullshit. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last year when I was beta testing it. We talked about it after launch. Uh, it doesn't matter that they say it was. It's not. 
All right. Okay, good. We've clarified that. Yeah, I got that to get that the off listeners my chest. wanted to know. I, I, I could. I feel better. Yeah, I could tell. Just in case there was any confusion. Right. We're good. They're liars. Good. All I'm right. Still mad about it. <laughs> I no. You seem fine. Still. still you seem great. I'm just well adjusted. I would say very well adjusted. <laughs> so it started with on live in 2003. Do you remember on live? No, but 2003. Way ahead of its time. Okay. And. They couldn't have been streaming technologically, probably well ahead of its time before there was enough high speed internet across the country and across the world. They couldn't have been streaming big it. games. Or so, yeah, and they didn't have a lot of support from AAA titles. There True. was a lot of indie games and AA uh, titles at the time. They did have some AAA games there, but I think the bigger problem was the audience didn't really exist yet. It was in its formative years of even considering it as an option. Most people just wanted to play whatever game they had. And also, I think that Steam and just digital distribution in general opened up the avenues for cloud gaming by virtue of people were willing to download their games in some manner, right? Yeah, but in 2003, people were still going to GameStop and buying games. Right. The, the idea of, of not having a physical copy of your game... Uh, or your movie or your TV show even nowadays. Right. Uh, I remember that being an odd thing. It felt weird. You're just like, wait, what did I just pay 60 bucks for? Right, it doesn't feel like you actually own anything at that point. Right, right. I think those are that's the biggest issue that OnLive faced wasn't that it's technology, which wasn't as good, let's be clear, as what's available now. Oh, sure. There were much bigger hiccups when you were playing the games and what you're playing right now was the other 23 services that are currently probably that are currently available and probably better. I, I obviously haven't gone through most of them, but but we're going to talk about them, but we're going to talk about them. <laughs> and considering that there's over 20 of these services available and you've probably heard of maybe one of them. Yeah. There is a lot of growth that's going to be happening in this field over the next probably couple decades, I think. I think it might develop into a legitimate source of revenue for some key players in the industry. Well, it's, you know, before we get straight to the pure streaming side of it, just, just from a digital distribution side, uh, the majority of my games nowadays are, are I do not buy physical copies. Unless I'm like looking for that weird like used game deal at GameStop. Occasionally I'll I'll roll into GameStop and browse the just the used game section. But for the most part, everything I'm getting already is digital. And I know for most people that's true. It's the same thing for me. I'm yeah. not buying any games physically. I'm buying all digital copies of everything. Yeah. Because it's generally cheaper. And so that's a once you've I guess moved, you know, grown from physical copies to digital distribution that step towards just streaming where you don't even have a physical copy of the a game on your hard drive you know this which is still in a sense a physical copy of the game you have it installed on your computer right or it's on your like on my playstation 4 it's it's there on the hard drive now we're talking about not even having a local copy of the game right you have access to it only as long as you are subscribed to these services and that is the key element is that they are all going to survive and thrive as subscription services not as piecemealing your way to a giant library. It's the SaaS models infecting the it game It is world. the SaaS model, right. So it is cloud gaming as gaming as a service is what we are getting here. But that's where I can... There's a, Okay, sure. There's a lot of complaints about gaming as a service that are rightfully uh, justified by the fact that there's a lot of greed involved with trying to keep players around for long periods of time and just right. bleed them dry. But 
this is the only way that it makes sense, I think, for cloud gaming to offer up a compelling value to gamers is that you've got a library of hundreds of games to choose from. You never have to buy any of them. Right. All you have to do is say subscribe to the service and pay whatever your monthly fee is mm-hmm. as long as it's low enough to justify the cost that it's cheaper than buying the games directly, then it's worthwhile. It's kind of like an HBO, Hulu, or Amazon Prime or Netflix subscription. Right, like it's cheaper to subscribe to Netflix than to buy all the shows you want. Right. Right. So I think that's where you're going to find the value. And in fact, I'm probably considering subscribing at least for a short period of time to one that I think is probably the most well-known, even though I didn't even know about it until mm-hmm. last week, uh, which is PlayStation Now. Yeah. I mean, I knew about this from because I have a PlayStation and I've, I've seen seen the service. Right. I, I knew yeah. I've heard of it because... I've heard of it. Yeah, I got you. What I discovered was that you can play PlayStation games on PC. So I did not know that. I don't think anyone knows that. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't like, know if they just but you can aren't actually... marketing it well enough or what. I, The only reason I discovered it is because I was looking at playing a particular game and came across somebody just suggesting, hey, why don't you try it on PlayStation now? It's like, what? <laughs> what, is, what are you talking about? And so I go on there, and PlayStation Now, they've got all their games. So there's 700-plus games on there. And you can subscribe as a PlayStation user or with PC and play all of these games as much as you want. And which which generation PlayStation games are we talking about? It's three and four. So, so four, too. Four also. And yeah. it's older games. You're not going to find anything brand new on there. Okay. Probably. Uh, they just added like Metal Gear Solid 5 last month, which is, you know, a two year old game. They've got, but they do have games that I, so when I used to have a PlayStation for two weeks before I got robbed, hmm. uh, I had Bloodborne and I had Until Dawn. And there are two games that I was very sad about not being able to finish. I was like, I don't want to buy another PlayStation. I just have enough games on my computer. Right. Well, both of those games are on PlayStation now. There you go. So I can actually play these games. Uh, Did you log in with your PlayStation network? I did. Did it have your saved games? It did not. Uh, That would have been cool. Yeah. So one of the weird things about PlayStation now I guess it makes sense, but it is weird, is that everything is very segmented. So you have like your PlayStation Now, uh, I don't know, account or whatever, and you have, I mean, it's the same account, mm-hmm. but they seem like separated. Like they don't interact. Like you can't buy DLC to augment a PlayStation Now game. Like you can't buy DLC for Bloodborne and that, play it. It sounds like this may have been like a, from a business perspective, this might have been like a, it started as an experiment and it's just been growing and I, I, i'm sure at some point they'll integrate the two um they're I probably just so. waiting for it to hit like a critical mass like hey this is this service is now big enough and popular enough where it makes sense for us to tie these things together and there's probably a technological element i'm right? sure yeah that's that's that too it's like we need to get enough business and we need to develop the technology there's actually been a lot of acquisitions that sony has made to this degree over the past six years they bought uh one company called gakai which is irrelevant except for the purposes that they have streaming technology okay and they bought them in 2012 for like 300 million dollars holy shit they bought on live or they acquired online's on live's patents in 2015 so okay. the initial streaming service that had been going until 2015 when it dissolved mm-hmm. uh, sony acquired all of their patents so they've got a lot of resources that they are pumping into so this it sounds like they're they're taking they're making a play 
They are absolutely making a play. And we may be seeing the beginnings of it, but it sounds like it's going to get a there there sounds like Sony is betting on it being a big big thing. And it's a very it's a compelling offer. So yeah. there are like I said 700 games and looking through the list, I could absolutely play a year's worth of games through that service. Right. And the cost is I mean, where you're going to get into the finicky details of whether it's justifiable or not. What is the cost? So the cost is $20 a month, which I think is kind of high, but it's $100 for a year. Okay. Which I think is, obviously, that's where they're driving you towards. It's like, hey, this is such a good deal. You can get a year or you can get five months for the same price. You should probably just do the year. And that way you don't have to rush through any of the games. You don't have to get addicted like I did (laughs) and finish it. So I did, so they give you a seven day trial. And that probably is also in the back of my head is like, I don't want to have to pay for this service quite yet. So I'm just going to finish this game instead and I'll save $20, which is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. But somehow in my head, I justified it. (laughs) I don't know. But the point is, like, that's the price, and I think that's reasonable. It's certainly more reasonable than some of these other ones that I was looking through the list of the 23 offerings. Right. Some of them will charge you, like, 35 euros a month. One of them is called Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's 35 uh, euros a month. I think it goes down to 20 per month if you uh, subscribe for a year. So it's, like, 240 euros or whatever. You don't even <laughs> – you have to buy the games in addition to that cost. So, that so all they're doing sense. is providing basically another computer for you to play on, for you to like download everything from. I don't oh, know. I, I guess the argument is if you can't afford a gaming PC, you can. Right. So at what point do you just buy a gaming PC, make monthly payments towards that instead of paying for this service? It's true. Right. Yeah. Like I don't understand how this company will survive. How long? How long have they been open? Not very long. Okay. We'll see if they survive or not. Right. Well, I think I think with streaming, especially with the place, it sounds like PlayStation or Sony is going to be the one leading the leading this industry. Based on what you told me so far, but I think what's really going to signal an arrival of this is a model will be the first like big AAA title that like take a Cyberpunk right that launches on streaming and you don't have to buy the game, you just have to subscribe. You know, it's kind of like how they used to, or they still do, use games like a you know big tentpole franchises to get people to buy the new generation of console right right, like house of cards pre kevin spacey debacle right with netflix but that was like a big big part of netflix getting into hey we are a legitimate service right yeah you the only way you're getting this tv show that you want to watch is through us right and like hbo obviously has been doing it for a while but not with streaming necessarily but with like a subscription model yeah they're like we got k-pax and jenny from forrest gump (laughs) on in this show you should buy our service Mm -hmm. but the uh or like every mario game in nintendo like that's like hey the new mario game but to get it you have to buy the new nintendo console um it's like what um the epic is doing with their store they're getting all these exclusives exactly yeah so right. the, the first big AAA title that hits a streaming service is like hey you can either buy the game outright or subscribe to our streaming service and then you can play it so i wonder if it's going to be you know ea or UPlay or ubisoft mm-hmm. or activision like one of these guys it's like yeah, like Diablo 4, you, you have to stream. <laughs> yeah, so is EA making a play for... The only thing I saw on here, they have something called... An Ubisoft, like who else is making a... 
Who, what are the are there any other big companies that are making plays? It says EA acquired GameFly and announced Project Atlas. So I don't know where they're in with that. I thought GameFly was like that rental. They thing. were. I guess they had a. I think they had an online component too, where you could stream some games. They're literally like Netflix video games. They had a the disc it? thing in the mail and also streaming right. and other. And so they acquired them last year. So there hasn't been probably enough time for any of that development to really transpire into anything. Okay. So they're there. Google is in the mix. Really? They have something called Project Stream, which I think has been rebranded. <laughs> but a very creative name. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. They re- <laughs> renamed it to Stadia it's as better. of two months ago. Should have called it like Project Streaming Games to Your Computer. <laughs> You'll love it. You'll love it. Dot com. So I, I use the Project Stream to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I would say that played pretty much flawlessly. However, there were periods of about every 20 minutes or so, the graphics would degrade to like 2008. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then it would come back up and it would look pretty good again. This is in comparison to PlayStation Now, where the graphics never had any weird degradations, but they were always a little bit worse than what you would expect if you were just to play on your PlayStation 4. Right, right. So when I was playing like a PS3 game, it looked fine because most of those games aren't really that high quality graphics. Like if you're playing on 720p, so the PlayStation now is limited to 720p. So if you're playing an old school JRPG on 720p, you're like, ah, eh, this looks fine. Right. If you're playing Bloodborne on 720p, you're like, eh, this doesn't look quite as good as it should. Or like a new FIFA or Madden or something. And so just so I understand that, that from this from a technological standpoint, what's effectively happening is you're inputting commands at your computer. Those get transmitted through the internet, hit the servers where the game is hosted and being run. And then it's just sending back essentially a video feed, a high definition video feed of that game. Exactly. So... That's why, I mean, yeah, that would make sense. It's not just like the graphics are going down. It's it's, it's like buffering for a Netflix show or any streaming TV. It's exactly TV. what yeah. it's doing, right? It's like the, the visual quality goes down because it slows down. So my first question from that would be, do you experience any latency in like commands and response? Is there any sort of sluggishness? That would be what I'd expect. I played, so I think the best test of that is fighting games because that's what you need the fastest responses for. Yeah, yeah. So I tested that on PlayStation now because they've got a pretty decent library of fighting games. I rarely had latency issues. I was very surprised. I thought I was going to be pissed off because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't enter my commands in a timely fashion. I didn't really notice anything. I'm, it was like playing an online match of Tekken or Street Fighter or something. Like, yeah, there's latency issues, but they're not egregious and they don't take away from the experience. Okay. Uh, I mean... Like I'd rather be playing it locally, but it's not a big deal that I'm playing it streaming. Yeah, if you're trying to, I mean, if you're in a tournament, you want to obviously be right, right there. Right, right, exactly. But other than these very rare circumstances, this is totally a fine experience. So, hmm. uh, yeah, these fighting games, which have the most critical latency needs, totally was fine. So I think they have done a good job technologically. I think the service is good. Uh, Microsoft is also getting into it. Yeah. They announced their um, thing called xCloud last year. Yeah. GeForce is involved. Okay. They've got a beta that's running. People can sign up for right now. It's You have to get in. You have to, I don't know. They don't accept everybody, but there's 400 games on their service with a pretty good offering. And mm-hmm. I think that's worth signing up for if you're kind of interested in the model. I, I, uh, I want to 
adjust my statement earlier about the signal that this has really arrived. Okay. As, as we're talking through this, I'm sure this is what they're all doing or working on. Um, when you're streaming it, and, and this, again, this is probably obvious to anyone who's really looked into this, but this is the first time I've really talk, thought about it. Um, the biggest advantage that there is is they're no longer limited by the system specs of the end user. So, but like think bigger than that. Like it's not just, let's just make a regular AAA game. Let's make, like you, you see those like pre E3 demos, which are like absurd and look amazing and beautiful. And just, you can't believe that's how the game functions, but it's because they're running on these insane dev machines. That's what's possible. I mean, imagine building a game that's not hindered by consumer computer specs. You have access to like, like so let's say, hey, Microsoft, go build like, you know, a hundred thousand dollar machine to run these games on. Well, really it's like like ten, twenty thousand dollar machine with like technology that consumers don't really have access to to run these games. Because all the consumer needs to do is just have an H D stream of the game coming in and its commands being accepted, right? Now that's that's interesting. That is now, interesting. Yeah, because now I mean think about like draw distance. Think about number of you know uh, number of like animated people on the screen, right? I mean you could in theory get like i don't want to get too far with this but i mean in theory like you could get like movie quality cgi level of games because you don't have to host it like it can be sitting on microsoft microsoft data center or google data center and you're running off their technology these machines that like no average consumer could ever purchase but all you have to do is have a machine that can display a hd hd uh you know or 4k stream and that's probably where we'll see it go as soon as the yeah. technology catches up. Now I'm interested. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't so before. I was just like, ah, streaming, like whatever. But as soon as it can, do, if streaming, it sounds like streaming could do something that even digital distribution can't do. And as soon as they have games come out, that's like, no, no, you can't buy this game because you just don't, you can't afford the machine to run it. Period. Like the only way to even play the game is to run it through our machine. And it also opens the door for playing on your phone or tablets, games that aren't technically compatible. Yeah. But now you can play them because all you have to do is make sure, okay, all of my uh, finger motions are now mouse clicks or whatever, right? Yeah. And you can bring up your keyboard. It's like, well, now I can play everything on anything. Yeah. Uh, that's actually, so I will say. Everything on anything. You need to pa you need to copyright that shit. I'll, I'll work on it. Trademark it. Yeah. I'll 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 try. I'll send them a letter. Hey guys, I've I've done this. <laughs> Give me money. Uh, so Shadow, I I complained about its cost being absurdly high, but that is actually one of the compelling features is that you can play on your phone or on your tablet any yeah. game that you purchase uh, through them. So there is that element. I think one other competitor that's noteworthy is called Loud Play, okay. and they're based out of Russia. They offer gaming for 20 cents per hour so and instead of going with a monthly fee yeah you just pay per hour and all your private data well sure that's just a given and now you're on the list <laughs> now you're on the list now putin will come to you for you yeah. <laughs> in the night <laughs> 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 so i think that's another way of going about it instead of paying monthly uh, in parts of europe and russia and asia especially where there's a lot of internet cafes Going with this gaming streaming model probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> like you don't even have to have in an internet cafe a device of any kind. Like you can just literally rent the device temporarily yeah. and then rent the service and you don't you're like I have nothing. 
<laughs> but I, yet I'm playing the most advanced game yeah. that exists on the planet right now. Yeah, that's the other side of it too. If you're right, there's I mean there's there's two big advantages, uh, and that's that's the one. I think that's the more immediate one. I think I'm I'm still I'm now fixated on this idea of like what's possible if like developers aren't are not restricted by. Well, this is why specs. all of the stuff I've been pulling up has been um, big companies putting money into it like last year no oh, like, like, this is really recent like this is all like happened. it's been going on for a while like i said on live is you know was created 15 it's years 15, ago yeah. so it started a long time ago but now we're at the point where digital distribution is compelling enough and also stagnated enough to some extent right like Steam is Steam and the PlayStation Store has their thing and like that's sort of gone as far as it's going to go. Epic is trying to mix it up, but the other way of mixing it up isn't necessarily with another store, but with another way of consuming the games entirely. And that's what PlayStation Now is offering. I mean, 700 games for $100 a year on a library that's going to continue to grow. Right. is a very compelling offer. I you know, theoretically depending on how many games you played, like that could just be the only thing you do is you pay your $100 a year. And you get all those games. You just play these PlayStation games that are two years old, but you don't care because they're all new to you and they're all still really good games. Right. And as long as you aren't like super picky on the genres, they have a pretty good selection. Like the Last of Us is on there. Uh, the oh. Uncharted games one through three are on there. Uh, all for streaming. All yeah. for streaming. So there's there's a I feel like the last time I looked at this, the, the library of games was kind of crappy. It's like these are a lot of like low budget B B movie style kind of games, you know. Um but it's if having, you know, franchise, like tenpole franchise games. Um the games that they're putting on there are the ones that they have paid for publishing rights to. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of PlayStation exclusives. So like the ones I just mentioned are all PlayStation right. exclusives, right? Uh Journey is another PlayStation exclusive. It's like a big indie hit, but it's only on PlayStation. Well now I can play it on PC thanks to this. Oh, so yeah. you're still paying through it's still through Sony. Right. Yeah. And now I don't have to buy a PS four to play these games. I mean I can't play like you can play them immediately i have to wait two and a half years for it to randomly come onto the service right Right. so obviously they still need a reason for people to buy ps4s and that's or whatever the latest playstation system is and they still have that but now player people like me who are like i just really want to play on my computer i have that option to do so so it's not i mean we're talking about all these benefits it's also cross-platform play i mean not cross-platform in the sense of being able to play with other people of the same but maybe maybe we could play on the same at some point because at that point you're running through yeah this could also be so there's two two things you just made me think about cross-play like pc and playstation because essentially we're both still playing on the same platform Right, we're technically playing on playstation right and uh anti-cheating because now you're just dealing with commands and a video feed and the actual like processing is all being done off site. And so that's a good point. There's a way that that would go a long way to prevent cheating in a lot of these games because you, there's no, there's nothing on your system to to hack. Right. The only thing you could cheat with is like some sort of macro, but that's much more limited than like a wall hack or something. Yeah. I mean, you can't modify anything. You can't modify anything because there's there's nothing on your computer to modify. Now I'm sure people will find ways around it. Uh, They'll probably, I guess, the, what they'd do is there'd be some sort of way to modify the 
control inputs, I guess, that are being sent in a way that makes him like superhuman. Uh, but yeah, I could see that actually. So it's, it's like yeah, ma- like you're saying macros. So you tie it in like yeah. Anyways, but they'll read key inputs to some degree. Like hey, you're sending way more key inputs than you yeah. should than it's, a human can do. It's physically impossible for you to <laughs> yeah, hit that many you, buttons that fast. You so. aren't you. Yeah. So I, I think that's there's another benefit there. From, man, the more we talk about this, the more excited I'm getting about it. It's, I think. I mean, that's sort of the point is that this has a lot of opportunity for growth. All right. Let's make so, a prediction here. Okay. When do you think this is going to come into its own? Like, when is when do you think streaming is going to be the buzzword and the the shit? You know, or maybe um, not the buzzword. When do you think streaming is like? Let's pick a gear or like a. So I think okay. So first, I, I mean, I keep calling it streaming because that's what it, I've always thought of it as. But I think cloud gaming is going to be the common vernacular okay. that will develop moving forward. I, well, what are you asking? Like whether it's going to surpass steam type distribution or whether it's just like a compelling offer like what i'm thinking when is it going to be because digital distribution has is i don't know if it, i haven't looked at the numbers but i'm wondering if that has supplanted purchasing physical copies like are more people it is by far okay so there so that digital distribution at a certain point of the last 10 years supplanted physical purchasing of games yeah like every time you look at like a fifa or madden it's like physical copies are down but they're still selling Tons millions of, of copies right so then my question would be when do we think cloud gaming is going to supplant digital distribution i mean i think it take a couple things it, one it's going to have to take triple a franchise games being available on launch day on streaming services for it's, sure i it, absolutely agree with that it's going to take i think like cloud gaming exclusive games where it's like this is you you can't physically we're not selling you a copy of this game because you can't run it but we can run it and you can stream it right um i had so i think the the model to look at probably is netflix okay and compare gaming to movies and tv shows it took them what 10 years to go from like mailing you cds dvds in the mail and and right launching a highly successful streaming or becoming a very becoming like well netflix the dominant player so there are differences with netflix right and gaming yeah one is that games are much longer so when you buy a game you're getting a lot of value out of it when you buy a movie or a tv show you're like okay uh, i get two hours out of a movie 10 hours out of a tv show Mm. or 20 hours maybe out of a tv show and uh and then i'm done i'm probably not going to watch it again but games you might replay depending on what the game is maybe you're not replaying either of them but you're still getting a little bit better value and in addition to that steam got on the ball so much faster than anyone got on the ball for downloading movies and tv shows yeah right so there has been a mainstay foundation in the gaming world that did not exist for tvs and movies so because of that people are already geared into uh buying games right right? and when that same crossroads happened with when netflix came about and went into streaming that didn't exist so now people have that's that's the fork that they took was like let me go into streaming for tvs and movies so there is an element of having to supplant the big moving force in the industry and to do that you have to offer something better right like significantly better to initiate a change i don't now now we're talking to this i don't like my question and here's why because i was about to say 
I'm thinking five to 10 years. And there's a joke in the science community when any there's new technology and they're like, well, when is this going to be available to the public and be a big deal? And like, oh, five to 10 years. That means we have no fucking idea. <laughs> That's always the answer. Yeah. Oh, five to 10 years or 50. I don't know. Uh, if they say like one year or two year, three years, that, that means they're getting close. But five to 10 years is, and I was about to say, I'm betting this will be like a five to 10 year thing, which means I have no idea. Somebody will have to take a chance. And I think they will. It's going to be one of those AAA studios. Like you said, they need to launch the game yep. on this. Maybe not even like for a month. Just yep. like the first, if you want to get this game first, you can buy it a month later. Yeah. But if you want to play it immediately, you got to do it on the streaming service. Yeah. And maybe they even let you transfer your game over or something. But, uh, and think about this. If Sony takes one of their big AAA franchise titles, right, and launches it exclusively on their streaming service, and this is the key part here, um, it, it's available to anyone who doesn't even have a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation period. I ignore Xbox exclusives because I don't own one. I ignore PC exclusives because I don't have a gaming PC I can use right now. Um, I only pay attention to the PlayStation games. But suddenly, anyone who's got access to a computer that can at least send inputs and receive an HD stream back can now play a- any PlayStation exclusive, Right. Your old garbage computer that's 10 years old now totally works to play games. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. So I think, and I think that's what's going to, it's going to be that first developer who takes that risk and actually releases a completed game, Anthem, uh, <laughs> will, will, will reap the benefits. And whichever streaming service can do that first, I think is going to step out as a leader in the field. I would imagine. I think so. Yeah. So there are um, some subscription services like uh, Origin Access. Where you get a whole bunch of games for, you know, what, what kind of a low price, but I think we're going to get into streaming more than we're going to get into getting access to a library and downloading them because you still have to play them locally, and I don't think that offers enough value add mm-hmm. for most people for it to make sense and for the company to make a lot of money because the company also needs to keep you hooked for a while. Yeah, I think I don't know what how Origin works financially but i imagine a lot of people will subscribe for like a game or two yeah. play it and then unsubscribe and they actually maybe end up losing money like a lot of people played anthem through their subscription service paid five dollars or ten dollars for the month and then never paid another dime because they hated anthem yeah which makes sense but they didn't get the sixty dollars like they would have otherwise and there's another uh financial uh incentive for the companies as well and help help me i may be wrong on this but isn't it true that um, most of the consoles are sold at a loss for these companies. I like think so. When you buy a PlayStation 4, Sony's technically losing money on that PlayStation 4. Right. So there's a big incentive there. Because now it's like, hey, because like they, they sell the console at a loss. It's a loss leader. They sell the console at a loss, you buy the games. And they make money off you buying games. Right. And they do a great job in that. Yeah. Especially with all their primary but ima- titles. Imagine if you, if I mean, I can't, obviously Sony's going to dump a ton of money into this if they're like, oh, you mean we don't have to take a loss on producing all this hardware for all over the world yeah let's do that um that's an interesting idea too it is i could see that So we'll see where it all ends up going i would guess that it's (laughs) yeah like that five to ten years of where it's relevant i don't think it will supplant steam or whoever as the preferred method of playing games Mm mm-hmm because I think games are just so affordable through digital distribution to just wait and buy what you want that I'm probably just going to go ahead and do that with the exception of somebody 
kind of i mean as you're saying somebody kind of forcing the issue like yeah. if you want to play this game if you want to play cyberpunk or whatever level of game these games that there's five of every year that everyone yeah. is like gushing over and the only way you can do it is through some streaming service that's going to be the only way that it can force itself in but that's a big risk yeah well it's like i said it's it's going to be there's a there's an incentive for the design game designers too who are like hey because like how many times is a game designer going with this beautiful idea there's like i want to create this amazing beautiful experience for people and then they spend the next two years just cutting everything back <laughs> right like the first the first designers who were like wait, wait, wait i can just i can i have total freedom to build the most resource intensive game i want like yeah like now i'm all about it like that's a really big incentive for a game studio for a developer to to go with the, that streaming because suddenly you know again and go back to the resource thing they're like hey you don't have to worry about the end users resources this is what this is you got our you got our supercomputer here in the data center R build your game to run on this and everybody else is going to get to play it at the your vision of the game and it's kind of like a like a director in his, his movie it's like a, they don't they don't have a they don't have to like edit the movie for tv right they don't have to cut it like reframe it or, or or cut out sections for time or censor pieces they can just this is the my this is my art this is the piece this is the art i wanted to create and release to the public and i don't have to change anything and that, that'd be a big I, I could see a big game developer like sitting there making that decision it's like well we can either cut all this really cool stuff out or we can keep it all in but then we have to go you know cloud gaming i agree yeah the it's a lot there's actually the more we talk element about this, where yeah. developers no longer have to sacrifice some of the more intensive components of their game just to adhere to the masses computers yeah and stills a much greater degree of creative freedom yeah. that doesn't exist so i i hope it happens i mean i i think more options are always good it's just somebody like i mean and sony is doing it and other companies will do it just has to invest a lot of money because the infrastructure is not there for experiencing those graphics yeah right like that's that is five to ten years away minimum i well you know the more there's there's so many incentives to do this at every level in the industry so i maybe if it happened faster than five years and i'm not saying not like supplanting digital distribution but if this becoming a major player in gaming gaming like how people experience games and consume games um, if that happens faster than five years, I don't think I'd be surprised. I think if it got to the point where it was like Nintendo 3DS level, you know, like 3DS is a legitimate system that all gamers know about, but mm -hmm. it's not something that gets talked about a lot, right? If it was that level, whoever is the key player in that field will be very happy. Yeah. I think that's totally a fine, reasonable goal to shoot for. Yeah. So we'll see if it gets there. All right. Uh, I think we've been talking. What time is it? How long have we been doing this for? We're in an hour fifteen for hour the episode. Fifteen. So we we made it work with our long long <laughs> intro, <laughs> but I think we brought it back here. I think so. Well, let's uh let's take a break and then we'll come back for a quick out and uh, yeah, call it day. this out yeah all right so for this week i got uh a new sound soundtrack it's gonna be a song from a game <laughs> okay as uh, you do i love the franchise i want i need both the franchise name and the specific game this comes from 
And if you know the, the name of the song, that's cool too. All right. Ready? Ready. All right. You already guessed it, though. I guessed it. <laughs> Just when I pulled it up, you guessed it immediately. I yeah, right from that initial marching part. Yeah, you got it right away. Uh, we I we've actually brought this game up before in the past. Uh, I think a episode a few episodes ago, this game came up in conversation. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. I don't say any more. But offer still stands. If you guess it, and now I'll buy you a beer and a pizza if you're in Austin. Whoa. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a good uh good prize. Guess it correctly and then drive down to Austin. That's It'll all be worth get. it. <laughs> all Austin is awesome and so is the beer and pizza. Yeah. Fourth dad. Um well that's gonna that's gonna do it for today, I think. You wanna take us out? Yeah, go ahead and follow us on all of our typical social media outlets. We're No Sick Days Podcast on Facebook. You can email us at no sick days podcast at gmail dot com and no sick days podcast dot com if you want to check out our website. And you can follow us on everything if you're not happy with your current service provider. Yeah. <laughs> they all, there's social media stuff. There's got social off. media stuff. So looking forward to next week's episode. And you will too once we figure out what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be more Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And uh, and that's all I'm going to be playing. Cool. Unless they patch Anthem. I'll give it another try. That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. All right. Um, well, I'm John. I'm Chris. And we will catch you all next time. Bye. the right spot to be okay I'll, I'll make it uncomfortable all right we gotta wake up all episode do we maybe this will be a calm episode no one else we're listen. just chilling no just having a nice coffee break the asmr podcast yeah yeah it's asmr but here we are <laughs> to talk about persona 5 dynasty warriors crossover you hear the sword or something I need like grab that glass so I can clink on it (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) okay Uh, welcome to no sick days